You listen to this podcast every day because it's your KC local reliable news source. You take us seriously. But you know, we like to get down and we want you to party with us. Join us at our annual benefit, Radioactive, on June 14th. NPR's All Things Considered host, Ari Shapiro, is the featured guest at this party, and it's gonna be bumping. You gotta be there. Sponsorship packages and ticket information are available at kcur.org slash radioactive. Up to date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. You're nobody till somebody loves you. You're nobody till somebody cares. You may be king and you may possess the world and all its gold. Gold won't bring you any happiness when you're growing. Kansas City lost one of its best-known jazz stars Monday night. Ronald McFadden, who was one half of the internationally known McFadden Brothers, passed away unexpectedly after a performance with his brothers at the Lowe's Ho- with his brother at the Lowe's Hotel downtown. He was 66 years old. Ronald McFadden was known for his performances with his brother Lonnie, where he sang, tap danced, and played the sax. He once taught at the Paseo Performing Arts Academy, and his family said he was the first member of the Marching Cobras drill team. Joining us now to remember Ronald McFadden, our two longtime veterans of the Kansas City jazz scene, David Bassey is a singer and host of the syndicated jazz program, Jazz with David Bassey. David, welcome to Up to Date. Good to have you again. Steve, it's a pleasure to be with you once again. Sorry that the circumstances are this. Well, me too. Greg Carroll is also with us. He's a vibraphonist and former chief executive officer of the American Jazz Museum. He's also a leader of Kansas City Jazz Alive. Greg, good to have you as well. Thank you for having me, Steve. And again, I agree with David. So it's too bad it's under these circumstances. <laughs> Greg, this is stunning news for the jazz community because this was so completely unexpected. I'm wondering what was your reaction to the news? I couldn't believe it. I was I was pretty numb. I uh, I um, I thought uh, Ronald was fine. Ronnie was fine. Um, I had a chance of, uh, uh, of, of watching him do his thing back in October and he seemed to be in great health. Everything seemed to be fine. So uh, I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I had to make several phone calls to see if it was true. Hmm. David Bassey, how about you, your reaction? You know, I, I agree with uh, Greg that I saw, I saw Ronnie dance with the hand of a big band uh, in October and it right. was fantastic. It was just such a great show. And, uh, you know, it just makes me think of back to when, when I met the McFadden brothers and what the landscape was like here in Kansas City then. Uh, that was 1977. Hmm. And there were partnerships already, you know, had come together then that are still around today, like 
myself and Joe Cartwright and uh, mm-hmm. Gerald Spates and Ray DeMarchi were playing with uh, Russ Long, you know. And so the landscape was that the McFadden brothers, you know, they were they were entertainers. They were entertainers. Absolutely. They remained entertainers. And and there were other musicians who were musicians, but they weren't entertainers. And that's something special about the McFadden brothers, what they had together. You know? Greg, I was going to say Ronnie and, and Lonnie McFadden were throwbacks in a way with their, you know, tap dancing, their live performances. Yeah. It included playing their horns, singing and tap dancing. I mean, who tap dances anymore, Greg? Oh, man. Um, their kids do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I'll tell you what, and, and anybody that, that sees them wants to tap dance because they're so, they're, they're, they're both, and particularly in the case of Brother Ronnie, so inspirational. Um, I mean, when you think about what they've done to maintain the lineage of their, of their father, Smiling, uh, smiling Jimmy, right? Right. Right. Um, who was that great, great, great uh, hoofer, which is, you know, as everybody knows, uh, another word for tap dancer. Um, they just they just took over um, and maintained that tradition that was so interconnected to jazz and, the, the you know, the, the dance ways of the greats like like uh, uh, the Nicholas Brothers, Mr. Bojang. I mean, all these great, great people. They just they just took that over, and they maintained that and in, inspired that and helped to 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 build that into growing uh, and contributing to the jazz ecosystem here in Kansas City. So when when one says who tap dances anymore, I think about there's 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 this movement, I think they call it tap, Tapology. There's a there's a magazine that identifies and sort of, you know, showcases dancers around the world. And there are young kids coming up in this, in this dance that are maintaining the tradition. And it's because of people like Ronnie McFadden mm-hmm. who have who have carried on the tradition. We will see the next Ronnie McFadden. Um, we will see the next Nicholas brothers come out of whatever city. And that's attributed to not only the great work that Ronnie did and Ronnie continues to do, but the work that was inspired by their dad through his traditional um, method of learning as well. So, um, yeah. David Bassey, you know, someone called uh, the McFadden brothers, you know, consummate entertainers. You just use that word entertainment entertainers here. That's exactly what they are and what they were, right? That's it. There was a time we had the, the beloved uh, concerts in the park uh, in Kansas City for many years on Sunday nights. The uh, uh, Marcellus brothers came to town, Wenton and Branford, with their dad, with Ellis Marcellus. Hmm. And I had just met the McFadden brothers at that time. And they show up with their horns in tuxedos and tap shoes, mm-hmm. ready to go. Mm-hmm. They're standing behind the, the, the trailer, you know, and Ella says, come on up. And they got up and they danced and played and, and, and did that with the, with the, you know, I mean, this is, these are guys that like have been in this forever. And the team of the two people, you know, I think of how long I've been with Jill Cartwright. Mm-hmm. I think of how long, Ray and uh, uh, Ray and, and Gerald have played together, and how long uh, folks, you know, just all, you know, Milton Betty uh, and all the the team, yeah. Baby Lovett and, yeah. and Julia Lee and Charlie Parker and, and uh, Jay McShann, you know, Jay McShann, Jay right? McShann lived 
50 years he lived after Bird died. And I bet every time he came off the stage after doing a set, somebody says, hey, what, what was your connection to Charlie Parker? What, what, what about, how do you do with you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it doesn't leave. I mean, this is a, this is a team. These guys are, I mean, this is a tradition in jazz that uh, uh, it's not dead, but man, it's like, there's not that many people doing it anymore. Yeah. You know, Greg, you know, you go ahead, Greg. You know, David, you know, David um, it's interesting you say that because, uh, you know, they were teamed so long and while they, they sort of they sort of stopped existing as the McFadden brothers. I think it was back in 2012, which I had no idea. I still thought of them as the McFadden brothers. It was about a 10-year hiatus they took. And the reason why they did that was because of Ronnie's love for his kids. Yeah, he wanted he to raise wanted, his kids. Yeah. He, he wanted to stay yeah. home and raise his kids because many of the gigs, and I remember asking him about that, many of the gigs that he would do would be so late that he he felt like that, you know, he wanted to be there to put his girls to bed. Mm-hmm. And and this is this is someone who just had so much love for family um, and yeah. someone who and you can see that every time they're they were together. But also you saw it, like David said, at the Hanover uh, big band performance, it was Duke Ellington's sacred music that was at the uh, uh, Village Presbyterian Church. Um, it was that performance when when. When Ronnie came out on the stage for his five-minute piece, his daughter came up and sat right down on the floor in front of him. And it was so priceless. Wow. It was so, great. so my heart just my heart just breaks for Ronnie right now. Yeah. And for all the kids. David, you know, these guys traveled the globe. Give us a sense of their reach over the years. Well, they traveled with Wayne Newton. They yeah, stuff in Vegas. They worked with Sammy Davis. They, Count Basie you know, Orchestra. Yeah, Count Basie Orchestra. They had a place in Branson for a while. They were they negotiated and negotiated to get a get a place at 18th and Vine that would just be there so they could do shows. You know, and and Lonnie has just you know amazed people coming out of the pandemic with this nightclub and you know working like he does. You know, in at the I Ambassador mean, Hotel. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the hotel downtown. Yeah, so it's uh, uh, they've had a great career. I mean, they've had a really great career, and it's this is this is not an easy business. This is not a business for uh, lightweights. You know, to stay mm-hmm. in this business for fifty years is a is a big job. You know, Jay had the same thing. He stopped for a time. Jay McShann raised his daughters, and yeah. now we have his daughters in our in our uh, community. There's something beautiful about that community. Yeah, that's that right. Community. Well, let's yeah, pause the proceedings for just a moment here and listen to some more of the McFadden brothers. I think both of you are going to recognize this. This is Tap Jam.
step two years ago. <laughs> yeah, okay. Wow. You know, I know about Ronald McFadden, the performer, Greg Carroll. I didn't know much about what he was like to be around. Tell us about him. Uh, he was beautiful. So I remember um, when I was the chief executive officer at the American Jazz Museum, Ronnie and Lonnie were, uh, I think, two of the first group of musicians that came to meet with me. Um, and it, one thing that struck me about Ronnie was whenever you were in his presence, he was always very respectful, very reverent to you, to what you do. He appreciated people who were in the jazz business because we all have to work together. I mm -hmm. never got that sense of vitriol from Ronnie that I had maybe received from others that, you know, Kansas City has, has really struggled with. Uh, to some extent, I never really got that from him. He he was always very respectful, very appreciative of what we were doing, um, and 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 very happy to be among the group of musicians. So he he also knew that while he was while he played the saxophone and he sang, he knew that you know his two main instruments was his left foot and his right foot. Mm -hmm. You know, he knew that. And and uh, so, you know, any of the critics out there that may think, well, so-and-so plays saxophone, well, you know what, to heck with all that stuff. This guy brought to the stage four instruments every time he performed, and he did it happily, and he brought it with such passion and fervor. And yeah. so whenever yeah. he was on the stage, that's what you felt. And, and I always think back to their one version of Mr. Bojangles. You have to just remember what it's like to see two men emote and become so vulnerable the way they become on the stage through their instruments, through their feet, um, in a very emotional way that it's it's very visceral and it's so hard not to become emotional with them. Uh, and I'm thinking about it now, just thinking about their first time I saw that performance, I thought, oh my God, these guys are the real deal. Yeah, yeah. We're going <laughs> to yeah. go out uh, with this segment with Mr. Bojangles in just a few minutes here. David, uh, what are your memories of Ronald McFadden, the man? We'll be back in just a minute. Hollywood writers are obsessed with the concept of an asteroid heading towards Earth and destroying civilization. But is this something we really should be worried about? I'm Kate the Chemist, and on my podcast, Seeking a Scientist, we meet the mastermind behind a real-life mission to divert the path of an asteroid. Subscribe to Seeking a Scientist, made possible by the Starris Institute. You know, it's it's almost inseparable between him and his brother, you know, but as, yeah. as uh, Greg was saying, it's like such a gentleman. And, uh, and, and the entertainer part comes from like that, that breathing and that, that how, how you come up, you know, there were uh, Joe Cartwright and I have a, this similar thing, but we're not brothers. We're not blood brothers. Mm -hmm. you know? But we started playing together when we were 19. Mm -hmm. So when we get on the stage together and I say, hey, let's play this. Nah, let's pick something else. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> uh, you know, so when you, when, like when you were playing that last piece, 
that's what we heard from the McFadden brothers. Oh, I did that step two years ago. Yeah. Oh, right. yeah. Okay. Right. You know, okay. well, let me try this. Yeah, try it, but you're not going to get it. You know, that's but you're not going to get going it on all the time. That banter, you know, yeah. I mean, they're entertainers and they're, they were, they were more than brothers. They were close friends and brothers and business partners and, and, and everything right there all the time. That's wow. That's big. I, I mean, the way that I knew them, was in a show business way. Mm-hmm. Walk into a room, everybody's dressed up, big smiles, we love each other, we hug, we talk, la 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 la. You may not hear from them for six months, maybe be a year, but when they come right back again, yeah. that same love is there because we're in this business of music together and it's entertainment. Yeah. Well, Greg, he died knowing that Kansas City regarded him as a member of the city's jazz royalty. I mean, just last year, he and his brother were enshrined on the Jazz Walk of Fame outside the American Jazz Museum. I mean, both of them joined people like Count Basie, Bobby Watson, Jay McShann in receiving that honor. You know, in hindsight, Greg, I'm glad he received that distinction when he did. Yeah, yeah. And that was something that uh, the committee debated over initially. Uh, for a while because it was should we give it to people who have passed on or give it to people who are living as well or mixed uh, and so obviously a combination one but it makes sense if 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 there can be awards it was our it was important to me and, and this happened prior to my or after my leaving the museum right but it was important to me to honor them also at the museum as part of our recipients of the lifetime achievement award uh, we had a long list we had to work through that list but uh Certainly, um, he did get some of his flowers. Uh, I, I, I think that uh, oftentimes we don't give our jazz musicians enough flowers while mm-hmm. they're here. And so mm-hmm. I, I would hope that his passing will strike a light and ignite some of that uh, energy among all of us to make sure we pay respect in the ways that we should. Well, we're going to go out with the McFadden brothers and their version of Mr. Bojangles. I want to thank Greg Carroll, a former chief executive officer of the American Jazz Museum, and David Bassey, longtime mainstay on the jazz scene, his jazz program, Jazz with David Bassey. Gentlemen, thanks so much. Appreciate your time. Thanks, Steve. Dance for you in worn out shoes, silver hands, ragged shirt, and baggy pants. He would do the old social, he jumped so. While we were down and out, he looked to me to be the very eyes of age. You see, when he got.